Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a positive sort of endeavour in which I, Toby Haydoke, am challenged to see if I can guess the best things about a Doctor Who story as nominated by a friend of mine. OK, let's meet our special guest. He's requested an episode and I've said yes, so he's now going to tell you what it is and why. Hi, this is Johnny Candon, uh, writer and comedian, and I have chosen Turn Left um, basically because it's uh, in a season of so many brilliant stories, it's uh, possibly my favourite. I love Donna, and it's great to see her having a um, chance to shine so well in a, in a brilliantly written story. And also, even though the Doctor isn't in it very much, um, you, it, it's almost a love letter to how much the Doctor matters. Uh, so, yeah, enjoy. Okay, welcome. Uh, we're going to watch the first New Who, for want of a better description, episode we're doing for this podcast if you're listening video cast if you're watching and if you don't know that there's the alternative there is uh, and however you're watching it in whatever medium press play on turn left in three two one okay so Sorry, there was no volume on that for some reason. Um, so we're on the planet, whatever it's called. Uh, this is, of course, this is a Doctor Light episode. In those days that... Um, this is really good, isn't it? Seeing it's not on screen for long. Uh, a Doctor Light episode. Um, uh, at a time when, of course, they were making so many episodes or whatever the production schedule was such that we we had an episode where the doctor hardly ever appeared which is unthinkable um and, and unless you count the first season when the doctor isn't even in two episodes of the keys of marinus uh, various hartnell has various episodes off he even has his penultimate ever episode off um well it's penultimate in Please don't go, oh, I think we'll find his penultimate ever episode was uh, episode three of the three doctors. Yes, all right. Um, this is all unrehearsed and off the top of my head, so allow me the odd turn of phrase that uh, you could generously interpret uh, to, to assume that I know, you know what I mean and I know what I mean. Anyway, it's, it's very annoying that you have to put those disclaimers in, but it is part of saying anything about Doctor Who out loud. I shall try not to keep... Uh, th think about that every time I do one of these but you do have an eye on the I think you'll find us uh, it's really annoying <laughs> uh, this is great this is this is really atmospheric um, and you know a fortune teller is, is a kind of well we've had them before haven't we She's, it's not quite snake dance but you know it's quite a it's quite a trope but it's just it's done very nicely and it's, do, it's done with great economy um, and this is Chipo Chung who uh, was Chantho in uh, Utopia, and obviously they liked her and went, Well, she was covered in makeup, let's get her back. Uh, actors like that, it's a bit of loyalty. Uh, oh, and of course, just yes, because we're gonna, 
because this it's like a clip show except it's not because all the clips are, are different but that's very clear but it's it's like you're watching several different stories or or, or 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 you know yeah no like a clip show it's like one of those episodes of an american thing where you they remember stuff except the genius is this is nothing like as cheap as that because they've had to they, they've had to redo it all and get people back as we will see um I haven't watched this story a lot. I always think of this story as a kind of well, one as a Dr. Light. That's not a reason not to watch one. I mean, Blink uh, is amazing. But but also I think of it as a sort of setup, isn't it? It's a segue between the rest of the season and the season finale, Bells and Whistles, which was such big news at the time. My God, it was so exciting to be a Doctor Who fan at this time. Oh, I mean, thinking about it, I haven't... You know, I, I don't get to revisit these apart from, you know, to watch. Well, what? Yes, because one of the reasons I'm, I'm sort of doing this and have the new series in my mind is we're in, I'm in lockdown. I'm in lockdown. Uh, and for the first three or four months of lockdown, apart from myself and my partner, we had a, a friend of ours, Mo, who is like my partner, disabled and and. Uh, would have been on her own and 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 without the assistance that she requires so we had her here uh, and she'd never seen doctor and emily cook did these doctor who tweet alongs so we watched rose uh, and i turned to mo who'd never seen doctor who before and uh, and i said what did you make of that and she went well it was different and i said different to what and she went everything else and I thought, that's, isn't that a great description of Doctor Who? It's different from everything else. And she really liked it. So then we watched loads of Russell T. Davis episodes. Um, but actually, we didn't watch this one because I thought this was quite sort of continuity heavy. So we, we, we skipped this. Um, we sort of went back and forth anyway. Um, uh, so I haven't, I haven't seen this. There's something on your back. That's great. And and also, that's been the thing throughout the, the season, hasn't it? There's something on your back. He's very good, Russell T. Davis, at very economical things that get you really excited. What is that? There's something on your back. So evocative, isn't it? There's something on your back. Uh, and, and also, it... Uh, not unlike the spider on the back of Sarah in uh, Planet of the Spiders, and as Doctor Who fans, we always like something that reminds us of something that's happened before. We're, we're so excited about new things that we really like it, but they remind us of old things. And of course, it's a great premise, isn't it? It's the sliding doors premise. It's that if I do a different thing... I know, interesting, I'm making all these comparisons. That's not to suggest it's derivative, but it, but it, it, it takes sort of storytelling techniques that we know and are comfortable with, and yet it's... It's wholly brilliant. Um, oh, Billy, Billy Piper actually gets a credit at the beginning. I'd forgotten that. Okay. Um, and, of course, this was big news that Rose was back. I have to say, I'm not sure how I felt about that. I, th I think because I love Rose and I love Rose's ending. Um, and I and I worried. I always felt a bit with the X-Files when, you know, they'd get rid of a character brilliantly, but they liked the actor. Which again, I, I'm always appreciative of. Um, that's that's Natalie Walter, who was at a wedding I was at last year. I was at a wedding at Peckforton Castle, which is where they filmed the Time Warrior. It was a, it was a very Doctor Who wedding. I was I sat next to Norna 
from Frontios, Leslie Dunlop, uh, for the whole of the dinner. Uh, and my, my, my friend didn't put me there because she was Norna. I don't know why, but I have met her before with that friend. But anyway, he put us together. But, but Natalie Walter was there because she is... This is going to say, I am not a show... I'm not a... I, I will name drop an extra from a 1964 Doctor Who story. That will make me feel like I've done something exciting. But I'm, I'm going to sound awful now. Uh, Natalie Walter is a best friend of Denise Van Outen. So Denise Van Outen was at this wedding because she was a friend of the bride. Uh, uh, and Natalie Walter was her friend plus one or whatever. I didn't, I didn't get to meet Natalie Walter at the wedding, but I had met her before because she was in the audience when I saw David Tennant's Hamlet and also in the audience was a friend of mine, by coincidence, from a play that I'd been in. And I saw her, Madeline. Oh, no, I'm Madeline. And she said, oh, I'm going to pub to meet some of the cast. So I was like, brilliant. So I went with her and we met some of the cast, uh, including the voice of the Gelf, Zoe Thorne. And I think Natalie Walter is, if not a friend of hers, she was a friend of somebody else in the in the cast so I met Natalie Walter and the voice of the girls and the guy Edward Bennett who's a very good actor he played Laertes he went you, why you're really excited to meet these two women what and I said because they both been in Doctor Who <laughs> and he picked it up and we, I didn't know we'd just been chatting that night he was a, he was a friend of my friend um, he said you are a big fan aren't you what were they in it I said not, not much but <laughs> um so, so Natalie Walter, I, she is, I think, is stalking me uh, because I've met her twice. Uh, but I love that moment where she's she's got the scared thing going on. I always felt sorry because he's, that's that's the shot from the Christmas Invasion, and that man in the tank says fire, but he doesn't he doesn't get a, a credit. You know, it's a speaking part. So I wonder if he was the fire is in ADR. But um, in the older days, I think you'd have got a credit for that. Um. This, oh, and of course, this is Clive Standen, who is in the Sontar and Stratum. So I, he could say he's a regular, really, because he's obviously playing the same part. Obviously, his character was killed in Sontar and Stratum, wasn't he? But I suppose he could say, ah, but this predates that, because in this universe, this is before that. So in fact, the Doctor dying now probably saves his life. <laughs> um so that's that's quite nice continuity that they get they get a soldier back from the Sontaran stratagem and he was in he was in the US series of Taken which I, I only watched the first episode of I wasn't terribly taken with it but that's good for a, a UK actor to have a lead in that and I think he's in Vikings as well uh, so he's done very well for himself the casting they, they tend to get people like him and David Ajala and all sorts of people who then go on to have good careers in the States. There's some very prescient casting goes on in Doc 2 these days. Not just to get, you know, getting people of high high profile, but I think having an eye on who's, you know, who's got a good future. Billy Piper is back. Now, I was saying, wasn't I, before I did my actor spotty thing, I was slightly uneasy about Rose coming back just because her ending had been so good. And I and I think it's lovely that people like working with people, but and I can absolutely see the temptation. Um, and I've never been involved in in a long running series, so it's it's never been um, something I've ever had to. Do. And, and you know, I, I I run a 
I regularly compare a comedy club and and if you like working with somebody and they do well, you can invite them back a year later and the audience it, it's not there's no diminishing returns there because when they finish they don't they don't die or get trapped in an alternate universe. They just go, I've finished my gig and I'm going off it. But but I find um but I I just I don't know. I was I was concerned about bringing Rose back just because her ending had been so good. That's Oh my god, I've forgotten Basket Patel's in <laughs> You're not gonna believe this. This is gonna sound like the worst. Basket Patel was also at the wedding at Peckerton Castle of my friend. I've met him loads of times at um uh, uh, sort of do's because he works with a friend. And I, I remember Russell T. Davis being very very keen on Cliff, who's an extra. Um but Bas Basket is very funny. He's quite sweary and naughty <laughs> and and he's good fun. Uh, I like him. Uh, I've forgotten he was in this. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> she's an extra as That's great because with actually only two speaking parts, and I love all this. Um, Russell's very good at getting the news, you know, the news to... to um, emphasize the import of, of something you know and it's it's very war of the world is it's very very nigel neal um nigel neal was always you know having news reporters so that the, the the scale of it and the fact that it was sort of invading people's homes via the media is is a great device and russell t davis uses it from you know from as early as alien London. but i i love this you've got Anne marie beatrice and cliff all all of these characters are supporting artists they're not they're not um you know they're not characters with lines and yet you totally believe that office environment um we talk about uh, often and i'm sure i will talk oh and morgan stern's back uh, and which is nice because he's really good in uh, ben Wrighton in uh, uh smith and jones smith and jones uh And this is this is so it's nice that he gets a chance. His his mum st stood as a Conservative MP uh, just after this, I think. Uh, I don't think I've got any more details right now, but she did. Um, oh, I, I love Bernard Cribbins. It's, it's a very sad circumstances, obviously, that he he came to be in this because all of this was, I guess, originally earmarked for Howard Atfield, who who. Uh, played Rose's dad who was going to be you know the regular family member throughout the series but he was he was poorly and he died and they had to refilm his stuff for partners in crime and somebody had the genius I think it was was it Phil Collinson or was it Phil Collinson I think it was Phil Collinson uh, said oh well, why not get why not get Bernard Cribbins in um, oh but Sarah Jane Smith haha <laughs> So they've just killed Sarah Jane Smith, which and this is horrible because it's, it's always because of the way that it's told as well. Not only are we getting the sort of clip show of what could have, well, the whole premise um, of of what happens if the Doctor isn't there, what happens if the Doctor dies, ripple effect. But also this great thing of going, and so I can kill ever because we always like the we all like the end of Inferno, don't we? When they go, oh, because it's an alternative universe uh, that you know we can actually kill everybody we can destroy the world which is which is what what um 
uh, what happens there. And here you go, well, everybody that we can't normally kill because they've got their own series, we can kill. But also, I guess it's a budgetary thing, but actually a storytelling thing as well. We, we don't have them. We don't see it. We don't get those actors in. They sort of die off screen. <laughs> that's, that's really harsh. And it's really compelling. And you sort of revel in it. It's like, it's, it's sort of like grief porn. Uh, it's, it's a really satisfying experience because you know that the story has got to be that the, the clock resets. But then it allows, so you literally, you do, you have your cake and you eat it. And then the cake gets made again. Um, and when I say I'm not sure about Rose coming back, I'm I'm sort of glad she did now because as, as much Rose everything and I and I always felt a bit sorry for for Martha because he was always going on about Rose, so it, it, she needed to come back because he wouldn't shut up about her. Uh, and obviously an important part of the, the story to bookend David Tennant's Doctor. Um, but I know, I, I don't think I was as... Although when I saw her in Partners in Crime, I was very, very excited. So I think we've always got one eye on what's going to disappoint us about something, even if it's exciting as Doctor Who fans. I'm just flagging it up because I, I remember there was a, there was a caveat. If... I was going to say I wasn't. Uh, I was. I was trying to allude to me not being excited, but that's not true because I was. I like her blue leather jacket. Don't know much about clothes, but I like her blue leather jacket. This, all that, that, that her being out of focus when she disappears stuff is very good. This is Graham Harper, isn't it, directing this? Such a good director, and I'd say not his normal fare. But then again, nor's the unicorn and the wasp. I love Bernard Cribbins. I want. I. I want a Bernard Cribbins of my own. <laughs> and uh, Jacqueline King's very good as well, because it's a, she's obviously not a very sympathetic character, but she's not one-dimensional at all. Um, I to you totally believe her. And in fact, that's lovely, because I think of Sylvia as being, you know, a bit of a pain, and actually she's got so many human moments. Uh, I mean... Yeah, sorry. Um, I'm 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 an unashamed fan of uh, Russell T Davis and this era of Doctor Who. There was nothing more exciting than being a Doctor Who fan at this time. Uh, where was I when I watched this? Can't remember. Because um, I was working quite a lot at this time. I was I was touring my one man show. It was a Personally, a very satisfying time for me as well. Uh, I've had my ups and downs, but now this is Laura. Is it Laura Velez, who is the sister of Lauren Velez, who is who's the captain in Dexter, and uh, and is also in Oz, some some quite hardcore American series. Um, so what's the captain called? It Captain Da 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 Da. da. Oh. But anyway, she's a regular character all the way through, pretty much. Um, and she's her sister, so I don't know what she was doing in the UK. Um, uh, and isn't it just clever that she's a, a Spanish maid? So she's saying it in a different language, which means that Donna doesn't quite understand what she's saying, but it also gives it a kind of a heightened, a heightened feel. Oh, 
And Jason Mohammed is a news reporter. Well, we know he's a news reporter because he's quite famous now. In fact, I saw him on the list of... He's in the top ten, or he was at some point, of the BBC's highest paid presenters. But I'm sure Russell said on one of the commentaries, it's years since I've watched a commentary on one of these, that, that he was a bit of a fan of Doctor Who, so he was happy to do it. But now he's... Yeah, now he's... I, certainly at one point he was in the... Because I think he does the football now, doesn't he? I don't know much about football. Um... But yeah, he was in the top 10 highest earners at the BBC. Well done. Um, I'm, I also present on the BBC. I don't think I'm in the top 10 million earners. Um, but this is great. We've just blown up London. That's cracking. I, 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 meant, to, I meant to get a note. I can't move because I'm being filmed as I do this. Um, I meant to get a notepad because when I get to the end of the few I've done of these, I keep forgetting to write down what the things I like are. Oh, I've got a computer here. I might do that. What are the things I like? Uh, yeah, let's let's do that. Uh, so, yeah, turn left. I do like, I know I like, I like, <laughs> I like the point. It's a bit silly. Um, it's, it, it's a bit arch, the sort of pointy, I've got your number, girl. You've got a bad spider on your back and you're probably something to do with this nuclear explosion and I know that because I'm Spanish and we can pick things up because we're exotic and foreign <laughs> I mean, it's all that encapsulated in that sort of oh you're a wrong and point but I do kind of like it um, they're going to Leeds and this I love this sort of bleak he likes a sort of um, life in wartime thing Russell T Davis doesn't he because there's a bit of that in uh, uh, Last of the Time lords um and there was even a bit in sort of years and years with the refugee camps and stuff and, and i liked all that stuff when it was in v you know v, v, where there was an underground resistance and that kind of you know living sparsely this reminds me a bit of noah's castle which was a an itv thing i didn't watch much i don't think i watched it particularly at the time i i, I caught bits of it and, and it seemed very grown up and it was basically a a drama about recession and stockpiling with with a bit of jack may being a it's it's the star is the president from the caves of andrazani and um uh, seth from the horns of naimon and i'm sure there's there's a bit where general hermat comes to live with them and and there's an inference that he might for a bit of cash covet the president's daughter and and they and it's a kind of yeah, well, he's terribly important. So, you know, that's 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 my recollection anyway. Uh, I do have it on DVD somewhere. Um, I, I, now, I remember a few people being a bit, oh, the Italian. Like, well, he's, I mean, he is Italian. Joseph Long is Italian. Um, speaks Italian. And, and he needs to be a big character uh, because... Well, because of the whole dynamics that we're going to see and the changes. And, and, and actually, it works really well that they go into the house of a big person. As you see Jacqueline King just retreat into herself. And she's... I've forgotten about this. She is quite brilliant. Um, uh, and it would be too depressing. And there are people... You know, there are people who are positive And because of what we see later, the deflation is... is 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 again very important you don't want everybody to be grim at this point we know the situation is grim we can see it. it's in the visuals it's in the story so he's actually not what you expect uh i i love rocco and i know for a fact um 
what one of my favourite things is going to be. And I suspect Johnny Candon will have chosen it too, but I can't not choose it. I can't not choose what it is. Um, look at Jacqueline King. You know, having been a valiant and eating chocolates and Sylvia's a force of nature, isn't she? She just, she just sort of recesses into herself. I met Jacqueline King at a wedding as well. God, I've forgotten about that. It was, that was a slightly sadder. It was a wedding of a, a mutual friend of ours who was getting married because he'd, he'd been given a short, short time to live. But she was absolutely lovely. Uh, she was really... Because I, I didn't know anybody there, really, until I met a few people later on. And uh, she came and sat at my table, and we had a right old chat. And I said, oh, just, oh, I'm just a Doctor Who guy. And she was lovely. Uh, I don't mean to name drop. Sorry. It's, I just think it might be quite interesting if you think I've met a person. But I don't, you know, I don't wander around going, uh, do you know I've met uh, all of the human cast from Mission to the Unknown? I mean, I have. But um, I, I don't want that to be on my list of achievements when I die. I do have ambition that involves not meeting other people. You know, that might be something I've done. But um, I don't know. If you're tuning into this, I would hope you're interested in that sort of stuff. But um, I, I'm, I'm conscious of name dropping and have enough self-loathing to at least flag it up so that you know that I know. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um so what uh, this is really good isn't it um and it's it's amazing what doctor who can do and the different sort of stories it could tell because it's about to have, and of course this is a, a compromise story because they are the doctor's not in it i mean the, the, lest we forget the doctor is not in it catherine tate is so good um and i was and donna's not very nice i'd hate donna in real life and, and I think that's the great thing about Russell T. Davis. Well, there are many. I'm sorry I'm an unabashed fan. Um, it, is that he's not judgmental. I'm more judgmental. Which is probably why I'm not as good a writer. He likes people you might not like. I would find her boorish. I would find her a bit thick. I would find her a bit selfish. And yet, because of the way that she's present she is all of those things but you like her because he because he is sympathetic to all of those things and because we all have our bad points and and i wouldn't want people to write me off for i've just listed three things that aren't nice about donna which are the three things that aren't nice about me but i my heart is pure and i think i'm a decent person but probably in spite of those things it's, it's the humanity in Russell T Davis's writing is is extraordinary, and also the economy. Again, that's something on your back. This has got suddenly got really dramatic because it was looking like it could be oh dreary life in wartime thing. You've got machine gun fire. You've got the Atmos thing, which is a nice callback to sometimes. But you've got the you've got something on your back, uh, and now and now it's getting spooky. The 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 the, the, the sort of dramatic ebbs and flows. Up, up, pin sharp. God, I love Doctor Who. Don't you? Don't you? I love Doctor Who. I'm really enjoying watching this. I haven't seen this for ages. Uh, I feel rotten talking through it, but that is what I'm supposed to do in this. I hope this works. This is a new thing I'm doing. Um, life in lockdown. 
producing Doctor Who content. Uh, yeah, so, and actually, this is interesting watching this in lockdown because we are kind of all shut up behind closed doors. Satiety is, you know, living under compromise, but, but also with that comes blitz spirit. And, you know, the, the, the good, that's, that's why these stories are so compelling because under such circumstances, history and drama has given us, you know, stories of great compassion and heroism and stories of great injustice and bringing out the worst in humanity because they're extreme circumstances uh and you know russell t davis knows exactly what to do with those things um and of course it emphasizes how great the doctor is <laughs> which i do think we sometimes take for granted in the show because the doctor is our our hero um you know what a hole in the world what a hole in the universe the doctor would leave god and if if the doctor had never existed i my life would be unrecognizable and probably yours too if you're watching this i think you're probably pretty hardcore <laughs> yeah so what are the things what are you liking about this hey uh, I, I do love all of this uh, this clip show stuff and I remember when Catherine Tate was because of course she I don't remember when she was because I, I knew about it when everybody else did in Runaway Bride when you know it was here but then when she was announced as the companion because I think there was a build up to the announcement it was I was certainly expecting an announcement and I was doing a job I was I was doing a corporate video about the the uh, ha uh, about housing I was doing a corporate video about housing while Doctor Who was making <laughs> some of its finest hours I was doing a corporate video about housing. I obviously didn't turn left at the right <laughs> at the right moment in my life. Um, and the news came through. I think Johnny Candon, actually, who has who has chosen the things for this episode. I think he texted me and said, "Have you seen?" So then I think I must have because I don't think I don't, I didn't have an iPhone then. I don't think. No, I didn't have an iPhone. I don't know if they existed. Oh God, this is ages ago now, isn't it? I still think of this as quite new. I, I think of "Let's Get This Party Started" by Pink as quite a new song, and then discovered it was two thousand and five. <laughs> so, when was this? What two thousand and seven? Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Oh my God, it's twelve years ago, thirteen years ago. You're gonna die now. This is, this is where I will. Um, one, I mean, come on, Rose. But she's she's not going to die, and I know, and, and I know they address this later when she goes, "Oh yeah, no, I've got to die to reset the thing, but I'm going to be fine." And Rose goes, "No, I'm still going to die." Um, ah, hold that thought, and also hold the thought about the fact that this is ages ago, and I think of it as quite new. Uh, I love this scene. It's one of my favourite scenes in the whole of Doctor Who. I think it's extraordinary. I think 
both of these actors. Look at Bernard Cribbins, those eyes welling with so much watery with compassion and a, a life that's seen a lot of sadness. I love this. Ex oh, I love. <laughs> I'm not an emotional person. I love that. I, f I find the moment of understanding between those two men when nobody else is really acknowledging what's going on. And him, him going, and, and of course it's it's talking stuff of quite big import, you know, camps, concentration camps, getting rid of foreigners, you know. It, it's, it's hearkening back to one of the worst times in the world's history when real atrocities and awful things happened based on, you know, pecking orders to do with race and purity and all sorts of things. But actually all of that aside, that hugeness of it, it's that little moment between those two men when the and it's the fact that it's the ebullient he had to be big Rocco ebullient Italian almost stereotype guy because it makes that moment hit you all the harder I think it's brilliant I think it's one of the best scenes in the whole history of Doctor Who and actually that moment on, on Joseph Long's face and then back to back to Bernard Cribbins a moment between the two men where they acknowledge you're screwed mate and, and you know you know I'm screwed and I know you know I'm screwed but we're not going to say anything is heart shattering and then to come back into this this is a brilliant shot because it's actually all about Donna talk, talking but we favour Sylvia uh, and Jacqueline King who is such a presence shattered bereft and empty I mean this is you know this is quality quality television I know Doctor Who's a daft old pro program and it is a daft old program it's about somebody travelling through space and time in a police box it's as daft as a brush but do you know what it can be so it can be very profound and moving too when you want it to be and I think the fact it's daft as a brush it's not afraid to go to places that really move you or really have something to say I think is good and I don't think that's the be all and end all of Doctor Who I think, I think, I think we could be a bit po-faced about Doctor Who and I used to be very po-faced about Doctor Who and I used to get annoyed with people who thought it was frothy nonsense it is frothy nonsense but within within popular culture that isn't high art because it's so accessible more accessible than high art I think it's sort of almost more profound um, but it's also frothy, silly nonsense and has a, 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 a you know, a, a not very good beetle on somebody's back. Uh, and, I, and I think the fact that those two things can live side by side is, is glorious, which is why I like Doctor Who. Um, oh, I love that scene. So, so I've got to, right, I've got to, I've got to think about what I like about this story. Certainly the Rocco uh, scene. Um, uh, I, I would say the sort of life because I think that was the pitch if that wasn't the pitch that was certainly the tone of life in wartime I like the life in wartime vibe um, uh, causal nexus very good. Ah, and Captain 
Magumbo, who is uh, Noma Dumizweni. Forgive me if my pronunciation is poor. Uh, who, again, she was Hermione in Harry Potter on the stage. Uh, I do remember somebody got... I, I got a bit drunk. Uh, don't really go on forums now. Um, somebody getting very cross that you've got a black unit captain and I waded in and then got into a conversation I wish I hadn't. And then I apologised because I was a bit pissed. But actually, I retract that apology. Um, if you can't cope in a programme about somebody who travels through space and time with the police box that's bigger on the inside than it's on the outside with some casting. I don't know how many black female captains there are in a fictional <laughs> army department, but it, it, it's it's not that inconceivable. It does, it, it's not casting that sticks out like a sore thumb, I think, unless you want it to. Um, and I think if you want it to, then the issue is with you and not with me. And I'm not a hugely, I hate the phrase, politically correct sort of person. I'm a bit of an old stick in the mud about some things. But but I think if that's what you choose to take exception to, you're probably not going to like these videos. Uh, because I think you have to try hard to have your... Um, to have the fourth wall shattered for you by a piece of progressive casting. Um, I like a tin mug. Oh, it's got genuine hot stuff in it, hasn't it? Oh, I do like it. Too. Tin mugs are post-apocalyptic army camp drama. It's a it's a great shorthand way of going. We're we're in a future where things are a bit tricky now because people are drinking out of tin mugs. Although tin mugs are really expensive. I was really annoyed because there was a there was a homeless guy um, who was having a bit of a hard time. So Shez made him a, a, a cup of tea and she was going to give him a, a, a china mug. And I went, oh no no no, give give him a tin one just in case he drops it or whatever I don't know it's that's awful isn't it I was going he's, he's, he's a homeless guy in trouble he might drop our mug give him one he can't break oh I hate me for doing that but anyway I said no give him give him the tin mug because then if we lose it or it gets you know uh, uh, and he and he went and he and he must have taken the mug with him I was like oh never mind I, I can replace it and then looked up tin mugs online it was a tin gardening mug somebody had given us to do the garden with tin mugs are really expensive and yeah, more expensive than a China one. Well, I think the one she would have given him was just a blooming anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but tin mugs are a good way of suggesting post-apocalyptic tricky future. Um, now, hold the. I, I, it was a bit of a cheap shot when I said about the not very convincing beetle because I rather like the beetle. The fact that it looks like a a normal house beetle because normal house beetles scuttle and they quite were. Um, it is a bit re I, it is a bit retro, but um, retro is a very nice way of saying. <laughs> but I actually re I like the Beetle, and I think Graham Harper shoots it quite sparingly. Um, but we can, with Doctor, Who sort of get. Sometimes we can sort of go. Well, it's reminiscent of the way things used to be, so it's kind of acceptable. But I think a cynical audience might go. That's not a great effect. One, one that was predisposed to to sort of go, I'm, I'm uneasy with science fiction. I, I, I need an out. I need something to, 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 so that I can tell you how the stuff you love is rubbish. Science fiction fan, look at that effect. Anyway, um, the you're going to die thing 
I do have a slight beef with more than the Beetle, who I rather like, because we've already had Rose in uh, Army of Ghost Doomsday go. This is the story of how I died, and it turns out to be um, uh, actually you're on a list of the dead. You're not actually dead, but you're you're dead. Uh, okay. But you'd only say this is the story of how I died if you were trying to be tantalising in a pre-credit sequence of a television programme that was a season finale. It's a bit sort of, when I say die, I mean not die. And then we've got this thing where she keeps saying to Donna, you're going to die, you're going to die. Uh, and yes, Donna does die here, but we know that that's not a real death because it averts this whole thing. So this never happened. But And she she covers that. God, she's so good. And I'm, I'm, I'm concentrating on a bit... I, don't like during this absolutely brilliant performance from Catherine Tate um, um, but 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 she sort of doesn't she in a bit in a bit Donna goes oh but you know I'm not gonna actually die are you and Rose goes oh, you and of course we spend the whole of uh, Stone Earth Doomsday with one of you's gonna die somebody's gonna die you're gonna die somebody's gonna die uh, and of course by die they mean have your mind wiped so not actually die so it's, it is a slightly repetitive trope of going, somebody's going to die. Oh, no, somebody's actually going to die. Except by die, we mean not die. And I, I think to say die and mean not die once is forgivable. But twice, I think, is, is whatever Oscar Wilde would have done to finish that slight um, misquoting. Um, but Catherine Tate is brilliant and yes it was Johnny Candon who's been doing this with me that that I if he didn't tell me it was her he certainly directed me to to go and check out the news that had been announced uh and I was thrilled and I'm no I wasn't a great fan of her show um I, I watched it if it was on sort of thing um but just the idea that a role model for lots of young girls because doctor who traditionally the female companion is you know somebody sort of you well you know the demographic of normal doctor who companion slightly younger than donna uh, more conventionally uh, you know what would be classed as um you know for the dads god that that phrase hasn't aged well was it even well at the time um but Donna is a normal-looking, ginger-haired person. Um, you know, she's she's not. You know, she's not the, the the sort of she's not there. Yeah, she's 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 a more identifiable. She's less of a sort of fantasy figure than I think Doctor Who companions have have been in the past. Uh, and I think that's really important. And let's not forget Sarah Jane, played by Elizabeth Sladen, was now, you know, an, an, an older woman who is also a role model for young kids. And it completely flies in the face of that received wisdom uh, that, oh, young people will only like young people. Um, I've just had something turned over previously because it doesn't, it won't appeal to the 18 to 35 demographic that they want because, look at me. Um, uh, it was more. The, it was the content as well, but you know that the, the inference there was uh, no way, old man. 
Um, which really 46 is a bit gaudy. But also the idea, when I was a kid, I didn't watch Dad's Army because I like Private Pike, you know. Um, the idea that young people don't like people not in their age group. In fact, I hated people. I didn't want to be Luke Skywalker. I wanted to be Han Solo. Uh, you know, I want to watch Battlestar Galactica. I didn't want, I didn't like that. that when the kid turned up, I wanted to kick him. Um, we, we aspire to be the things that we're not. Um, and anyway, yeah, so Donna, not conventional companion material. Catherine Tate, um, you know, not the traditional look of a, of, a, of a companion actress, is, I think, a really important uh, uh, aspect that's got nothing to do with the way the stories are told, but actually what you're providing to kids and what you're saying to kids... Um, and the fact that Donna is, you know, not a not a remarkable person, or or what would traditionally be seen as a remarkable person, who nonetheless finds brilliance within her, uh, is is great. Is great. And this is really dramatic. Of course, she lands a bit half a mile away, so she's got a hair there. So because this is the climax, it's got to get so exciting. Um, Catherine Tate's really good, isn't she? Really good actress. Um, oh, those silver birches. God, I noticed that sort of stuff now. <laughs> Where's the street that's got silver birches on? I like a silver birch. We've got a sample of silver birch at the bottom of our garden. Um, oh, this is so sad. But again, it's great. Have your cake and eat it. Because you, you know, you get the marvellous self-sacrifice. But it's actually, it's what needs to be done to have... The happy ending, and then happy ending means that she doesn't die anyway. Uh, oh, she's uh, oh god, it's so moving. Uh, even though oh, the music's great, as well. it's so well done, so well done. Oh dear. Um, that was much more emotional than I'd remembered. Again, because I only really remember it for facilitating what comes next. But of course, when we were watching it, it was... It was... Oh my goodness, and of course... so And of course, this is the climax, except... And you sort of think, okay, that's done now, and that's 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 the sort of story. This, But there's another beat to come that I think is going to be one of my moments... I've really enjoyed this. I was expecting to quite like it because I like this era. Um, but it's uh, it's amazing. Um, and it's an entirely a what if. It's entirely a what if. And it's a transition uh, from the rest of the season to the, to the climax. But on its own, it's brilliant drama. And there's so much in there. How long is it? 42 minutes? Maybe a bit longer, but it's... Packed with stuff. And here's the Doctor. We, I love David Tennant, but we haven't really missed you, I'm afraid, Doctor Who. Uh, I love their relationship. Uh, just mates and all of that. <laughs> um, this, what a time to be a Doctor Who fan this was. Uh... Yeah. Considering what 
considering I'd spent a lot of time very angry because Doctor Who wasn't on telly and people thought it was a joke. <laughs> Just goes to show. Which is, I think, why, why we keep on chucking, isn't it? Because, you know, it was dead in the water and it came back and we were right. And I suppose it's what keeps you going in, <laughs> in the face of disappointment and life's slings and arrows that actually things can be turned round. I think what I was struggling to say and saying very badly and stammering over because you worry about saying all that. What I was trying to say was that Donna is not, Catherine Tate is not conventionally attractive in the way that the sort of certain companions have been packaged. And that is not me making a value judgment on that. But I think it's I think it's a, a fair enough comment in light of the point I was trying to make, how that this was a good thing. Um, Um, in terms of what Donna represents, go you can you know you can be a uh, a role model without being um, you know young and all those other things. This is I love this bit. I love this bit. Da da da. And that that piece of music. Bad Wolf. Oh! I mean, it's a nonsense. Bad Wolf is just a piece of... It's a thing that whenever anybody says it, you'll feel dramatic. That's what Bad Wolf is. But it works! Just two words. I mean, but it, does, it doesn't make... It, Bad Wolf in in uh, Parting of the Ways. It's, I, it's, it's just... It's just a thing. It's a shorthand dramatic thing. But it bloody works. Uh... That's great. The cloister bell, all the bad wolf on all the, uh, in all the writing. Oh, why is it the end of the universe? We've got no idea. It doesn't matter. It works. Oh, the next time trailer. Oh, yes, because it clicked. Dum, dum, dum. God, oh, what a time to be alive. This was the most exciting thing ever. We are at war. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, this has just taken me back 12 years in time. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth Satan. Oh. My God. I mean, event telly as well. I'm, I don't know. The credits go up way too quickly. Um, uh, that's, a, that's a sad uh, thing of telly today. Oh, and they're going to jump because it's on iPlayer, so it's going to jump unless I press a button. Can't I just have the credits without you jumping away, please? I play. You're the BBC. Um, uh, right. Um, you're not a commercial channel. I'm watching it on iPlayer. It's not like I'm going to flick over to see what's on ITV now. Just play the credits. It's a hill I'm going to die on. Uh, and, and, and the memorial will have my name in a readable font, not scrolling up very quickly. So, um, uh, what? So, I've got to choose my. Five favourite things from Turn Left, which are, well, number one has got to be um, that scene between Bernard Cribbins and Joseph Long when Rocco and his family are being taken away and that moment of understanding uh, between them because that is just 
extraordinary. Uh, number two, uh, the the whole life in wartime vibe, um, which is 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 reminiscent of a lot of dramas that, as a as a kid to me, seem very grown up. That the good guys living under an oppressive regime and and having to make do and and, and drink out of tin mugs and and all of that it just all seemed very grown up and seemed like proper drama to me. So it's always something that that uh, so almost a bit threadsy in there as well, you know, with 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 sort of wire fences and military people on the streets you know on the ordinary streets seems always seems a very you know it's like your 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 freedom is being cowed but because but for your own protection or is it and you know where you know if we lose our our freedom and our society you know at what price all of that all of that life in wartime um i think the whole the whole Every everybody from Doctor Who dies, Torchwood, Sarah Jane, uh, Martha Jones, you know, and the economy with which that is done. The whole story, the having your cake and eating it aspect of the whole story, uh, I think is 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 brilliant. Um, Bad Wolf, but just because it took me back to when it happened, when she whispered something, and when she whispered it, I didn't know two words, what to it, and as soon as she, Bad Wolf, and then. All on the writing and those shunk shunk those you know those quick cutaway shots and it is the, was the shunky music if there wasn't I felt like there was and I like a bit of shunk a bit of shunky music everyone likes a shunk uh, and that you know the red of the TARDIS and the cloister bell that moment and especially because it doesn't really mean anything but you're invested enough and they they do it well enough and they do it with such economy and economy is what it's all about with with telling stories like this Doctor Who is really complicated to tell a story in because uh, so, you have to explain everything because it's science fiction you have to sort of make it make sense and to do that with that sort of economy and make you sort of jump out your seat and go um, it's brilliant writing and it's brilliantly staged and done as well with all the, the shonks yeah give me a shonk uh, <laughs> shonk me baby um, and the, the last one I think I'm going to have to go for because I, I sound like I'm um, sucking up to their master, don't I? Um, by loving it so much, but I do. This is a look. This is a look. This is a positive thing. I don't care. It's easy to be mean about Doctor Who if you're so inclined. I'm uh, we're life in lockdown. I'm trying to be positive. I'm a glass half empty kind of guy, and naturally, I'm trying to fight that. Uh, but. I'm going to I'm going to choose a moment that I like because it's a bit silly, which is the scowly face of the Spanish maid. The way she points at her as if to go, ah, that nuclear explosion was all your fault because you got a beetle on your back that I said in Spanish just to make it ultra spooky. It's just the way it's just the look on her face, which is like you're a rotter. Um, <laughs> I like it. So I bet you Johnny Candon hasn't chosen that, but he might have chosen some of the other ones. So let me find what Johnny Candon has said. Turn left. So uh, my first one being um, the, the Doctor and Donna, the relationship they have. I think it is as close to perfect as possible. I love it. They're just pals running around. Um, I'd argue it's the first time he's had a proper friend, friend, since Sarah Jane um, 
Rose doesn't count because she wanted to, you know. Um, so yeah, them. I think that I think they're lovely. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because I I I mean, Catherine Tate is so good at that. Maybe I maybe I didn't choose Catherine Tate because I, it keeps going back in my head that I rather clumsily phrased what I was trying to make a, a sort of d a decent point about the fact that she's not a sort of conventional looking companion and it sounded like I was being insulting and I wasn't meaning to be and I hope that's come across and I've probably apologised for it a lot um, that's the problem with saying things out loud um, you then, then spend the whole especially if you then put it out in the in the public domain even if only three people watch this you then spend your whole time going oh somebody could willfully misinterpret that and I'm after all not even willfully I'm a but anyway, but no, I didn't. I, I could have chosen Don. But the problem is, I, I think with these, I'm going to try not to just always choose them because I love all the doctors and I love all the companions largely. You know, I love I love the regulars, but uh, it would just be a bit boring if every time I went Tom Baker and Elizabeth Sladen, <laughs> um, you know, Patrick Troughton and Fraser Hines uh, every, every episode. So I will try and avoid that. But I but I think Johnny couches couch it in enough uh, to make it particularly important in this, although, although the doctor's not really in it, Johnny. Lovely thing about Turn Left Part Two, um, the Colasanto family, I hope I'm saying that properly, and uh, Wilf's um, relationship with them, I think it's absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, and and really, the, one of the lovely things about Doctor Who is that you can, it's such fun and, you know, uh, mental and crazy things happening and then something like that just comes along and completely you can have very very not all evil things are um pepper pot shaped or cybermen and think that there's man's inhumanity to man you know so that's a very i love that but i felt it was in a very moved lovely lovely piece of doctor oh god i'm waffling here but um yeah it was fantastic uh well yes i'm i'm having that he said the Colasanto family and Wilf's relationship with them, which I think is encapsulated in that that fantasy. I'm having that as one of my. I'm having that as choosing, choosing the same thing. So it's one all. The uh, third thing to love about the um, about Turn Left is actually the alien world we see only for maybe five minutes in the whole thing, um, but it's incredible. It's uh, the fortune teller, the 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 market, everything. It's properly realised, brilliant world. An old Doctor Who would have set six episodes there, and we spend three, four minutes there. Love it. It's excellent. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. Uh, it's called Shan Shen, I think, isn't it? Uh, that world. Very good. Uh, the fourth thing to like uh, about Turn Left that I love is Donna's sacrifice. Donna turns out, begins as such a kind of um, nasty, spiky woman, and... Um, she goes on to be just this ultimate, brilliant, brave, selfless hero. And I think After Turn Left has possibly one of the most tragic uh, departures for a companion ever. Um, but um, her sacrifice, Donna, noble indeed. Yeah, yeah, it is extremely well done. It is extremely well done, Donna's death, where she doesn't die. But it is very good. Five. Uh, it's quite bloodthirsty, but uh, just the sort of offhand way we find out about all the way the rest of the Hooby gang have died. Uh, Sarah Jane, Torchwood, um, all of them, just Martha, that never, you know, the, the, everybody died in the moon in the hospital. 
Oh, because um, because she turned right or left. Anyway, uh, that. So they are my five. Um, I hope you didn't pick them, Toby. Uh, look forward to seeing it. So uh, he didn't choose life in wartime. He didn't choose the scowly face. <laughs> he did choose the casual way that everybody. So I chose that as well. The the killing off of everybody uh, off screen. So I think it was. I think it's three two. Is it? Yeah. Okay. 3-2 to Johnny. Who cares? Uh, and you know what? Uh, chances are I could uh, make a different decision tomorrow and none of it will ever have happened. I loved that. I mean, I thought I'd quite like it because I like Doctor Who and I really like the Russell T. Davis era. But I really like that. Sometimes you're just in the right mood, aren't you? And I was in the right mood. Thanks very much for joining me uh, and watching an episode that definitely took me to one of my happy times and places. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places with me, Toby Haydock, and my special guest, Johnny Candon. I would very much like to thank today's featured patrons who are Simon Hodges, Sam Hollingsworth, Christopher Judge, Judith Jackson, Andy Kitching, Pip Maidley, Nick Mellish, Russell Parker, Ken Patterson and Monsieur Poirot. Thanks to them and to everybody who has donated via patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. The Toby Haydock Time Travels podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson and the music for Happy Times and Places is by Dave Gates. These podcasts now have their own Twitter handle, at Haydock Podcasts. Haydock is inexplicably H-A-D-O-K-E, at Haydock Podcasts. And if you want to join my mailing list, do so at www.tobyhaydoke.com. And please rate and review these podcasts, only if you like them, wherever it is you get them from. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Toby Haydoke YouTube channel.